just get a blessing right now? What you waiting for? I know you're not waiting on the Holy Ghost. It's been here a long time. I know you're not waiting on the Lord. He said, there's two or more gathered. I'm in the midst. I, I can't figure out what you're waiting on. Why don't you get your blessing right now? Won't you just go ahead and lift your hands like, I'm going to forget about all my mess and I'm just going to get a blessing right now.
you a blessing from the Holy Ghost in this house today. glad aren't you glad that wherever you are he is man that's that's a powerful statement aren't you glad that wherever you are he is because you just never know when you're going to find yourself right in the middle of a mess and you sure want to be glad that you got Jesus with you. Come on, give him another hand clap and a shout of praise this house is ready. Hallelujah. What a great God. What a great God. What a great God. I know that when we sing that song, it always kind of conjures up the, the, the imagery of the pool of Bethesda. They start singing that step in, you know. And in that day, man, I'm thankful. That's, a, that's an awesome miracle that there was an angel that would come down and trouble the pool and people could get blessed. But, you know, it said in that day where Jesus showed up there, there was a man, I believe, 38 years sick in his infirmity. But so there was a whole host of people there. They all focused on that water. And the one who could have just said, and everybody in that place would have been healed, was, was right there. So many people, and it doesn't even say anybody recognized this man getting his healing. So sure it could only come one way. That they couldn't even see that the healer was right there beside them. This guy had been sick 38 years. I'm sure he told his story several times because... He said he'd been trying many times to get into that water and it just hadn't happened for him. So he watched over and over again as people came and left rejoicing in their miracles. So I'm sure he shared his story a while. And I don't guess nobody noticed when he rolled up his bed and stuck it under his arm and walked out. He was probably so excited he didn't even tell him bye. <laughs> but I'll tell you this, that we need to recognize when the Lord's near. We need to recognize when He is about. Because He's always there to do something special. And he might just be moving through the crowd to touch you today. To get you to whatever bed it is you're carrying. Or laying on to roll it up. So that's the end of that. Stop laying on that problem. Stop laying on that sickness. Stop laying on that depression. Come on. Roll that thing up and walk out of here. Don't let it handicap you anymore. Oh, I'll tell you, ask the Jesus I serve. Give him one more hand clap of praise. Glad to be in this house this morning. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We sure love you, Jesus. We sure love you, Jesus. While you're standing, uh, John chapter 8, glad to, again for all of our visitors out of here. Uh, just appreciate you coming and and got them from Texas and Tennessee. Got got the the T states here. So uh, they get some uh, get the rest of the alphabet in here. Praise God! I appreciate you guys being here today. Being here, and Sister Mary, 
I am so glad to see you this morning. She had a tough time, got, got pretty sick and uh, got that double pneumonia. And man, she was having a, a spell, but uh, we, yes, ma'am. We, she called me Wednesday. She was wanting to be here Wednesday, but her mother said, now this is a, this is a good daughter. She listened to her mama. She said, her mama said, you need to stay home one more week. And, and, and so she stayed home. She said, I want to be there, but my mama said, I better stay home one more time. So. I said, well, maybe you'll be better by Sunday. So praise God she is. Glad to see you, Sister Mary. We love you. Glad you're here. Appreciate you so much. And all of you, God bless you. So glad to see you in this place today. Man, just precious people. John chapter 8, first verse. Jesus went into the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. Jesus stoops down. With his finger he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone, or first cast a stone at her. Boy, isn't it wonderful when mercy speaks. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground and When they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest even unto the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee, Go thy way and sin no more. I want to preach for just a few moments today. I don't think I'll be long today. But I want to preach on this thought. Mercy for your mess. Mercy for your mess. Hey, let's pray together right now and ask God to move in this house. Lord, we love you so much. Thankful for your presence that we feel already. And God, I know that you're here to speak to our hearts today. So I ask you, Lord, to let this word this seed of the gospel find good ground in our heart so that we can be better and be changed. Lord, that we might be ready to meet you one day when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name and everyone said amen. Praise God. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful for the mercy you found in your mess? I am. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Man, there are so many points to preach out of this these 11 verses of Scripture, knowing the, the other parts of the Bible, that what it says about this. I have the one question that always, you know, of course they reveal themselves later as Jesus begins to talk to them and it's, it's revealed to us saying, you know, they, they simply wanted to find somewhere that they could accuse him they probably knew what this woman was doing for a long time. 
just today she was going to be a pawn in their scheme. But I always wondered, you know, if they were really concerned about what the law said and stoning her, why didn't they do it when they caught both of them? Because the scripture says that both parties would be put to death according to Leviticus 20 and 10. And, uh, but instead, they take her where the guy is. I have no idea. He may have been one of their friends. I don't know. There's no, uh, you know, there's, there's no record of that. There's no, I haven't ever found any historical statement about it. But what I do know is this, is that what they thought they were fixing to do never happened. They messed up when they brought her to Jesus. They should have killed her if that was their intent while they had the chance. Oh, you ought to thank God that whatever was meant to kill you didn't when it had a chance. When they caught her, she was not in front of Jesus, and that could have been lights out for her for eternity. But instead, they said, let's bring her to Jesus. I bet they won't make that mistake again. And there's so many things in this life that uh, we could have been caught somewhere without the mercy of the Lord. But, or you ought to, mm, you may have come close. I'm talking about even the physical death, if not spiritual. That you come to a place where this could be the thing that this mess right here could take me out. Hey, ain't no doubt about it now. She made a mess. They weren't, they were not lying on her. She had been caught. I believe that. I believe she had been caught in the very act. And, and because of that, she was in trouble. Friend, because the word of God says that it is forever settled in heaven. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will not pass away. And so the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth it shall die. The seventh commandment that was written with the finger of God, the same finger stooped down writing in the sand, says that thou shalt not commit adultery. And then in Leviticus 20 and 10, both parties need to be put to death. All these scriptures, she don't have any hope, I'm sure she thinks this is the end. I don't know what she was thinking about on the way uh, to Jesus. I'm sure she didn't know they were taking her to Jesus. She just knew that these guys have got a plan. They've got rocks in their hands. This looks like the end. I'm sure she was certain that this is it. And now she knows this long walk, however, however short it was, I'm sure it was long knowing now that every choice that she had made was not worth it. That this is where it has landed me. This is where I am now, and it's about to be over. Don't get too hasty. I feel like there's people in here today maybe that feel like, you know, I'm at the end. This is where my choices have led me, and and it really feels like this is going to be over. And I will say to you, don't be so hasty. Because wherever there's Jesus, there's mercy. And friend, when mercy begins to speak, there is hope for your mess. <laughs> Listen, when they told Jesus we caught her and the law said to stone her, what did you say? He never contradicted. See, the word will never contradict the word, but it will fulfill the word. And Jesus said, don't think that I've come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill the law. The letter does kill, Paul said, but the spirit makes alive. And Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. They messed up when they said, but what sayest thou? Because so sure that he would have to back them up, uh, that he would have to stand with them, that he would have to say, amen, pass me a rock. But instead he said, he that is without sin among you, let him first 
cast a stone. Friend, she was going to her death, but she found mercy in the middle of her mess. How many times in this life have we got ourselves caught up somewhere in something, some mishap, some misfortune, some mess, not tripped up or deceived, but but of our own device. She was not a victim of assault. She was a complacent participant in her act, and she had been caught. It was her choice that got her there. Hey, guess what? We make stupid decisions. We make bad choices, but it doesn't have to be the end of who we are. Listen, when you ask Jesus, he would rather see somebody receive mercy than judgment. Listen, we're going to all stand before him one day. But he said, it is not my will that any perish, but that all would come to repentance. And let me tell you, I would rather be with Jesus in this. I would rather see people at repentance than I would see them at their execution. I'd rather see people at the seat of mercy than at the seat of conviction. I want to see people coming. Hey, don't get me wrong. I want to see people falling in the altars, lifting their hands and crying out to God. But I don't want to be standing there with a rock in my hand. Listen, they loved the law more than they loved mercy. They loved the law more than they loved souls. You got to be careful with that sword. The Bible says the word of God's a sharp two-edged sword. You know what that means? It cuts two ways. And let me tell you, you better be careful lest you kill yourself or somebody else. I don't know what he was writing. It was the finger of God that wrote the seventh commandment. Maybe he was writing the seventh commandment down. I don't know. Maybe he was writing her name. Maybe she she was the one standing in front of him. Maybe she could see. And he wrote her name and her date of birth. I know who you are. Maybe he began to write the names of all the guys there. I don't know. It doesn't say. It doesn't matter. Maybe he was just drawing in the sand because he was tired of listening to them. Maybe he was just biding his time. If you'll shut up, I'll give you an answer. He already knew why they were there. He knew their heart. Maybe he was just biding time until he could shock them with mercy. Let them know what he could do with somebody who was in a mess. Let me tell you, I don't ever want my zeal for the word of God to be greater than my zeal for mercy. Hey, listen, I, 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 I love the word. And I want people to live. We live by every word that proceeds. I talked Wednesday night about us being consecrated by that word and staying in the lines and living that word. I believe in living the word and I hate to see people get outside of it. But my zeal for upholding God's word cannot be greater than my zeal for his mercy. Because if he taught me anything right here, is his mercy is greater. Mercy is stronger. Mercy is more powerful. All, the, all that judgment offered was death. All that the letter offered was death. But he said again, the words I speak are spirit and life. And when he spoke, friend, mercy spoke. When he spoke, spirit spoke. When he spoke, life spoke. And that woman got another chance. Friend, if Jesus is not willing for them to perish, neither am I. Why don't we try to connect with people instead of trying to kill them? Hello. Uh, why don't we help somebody out of their mess? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to applaud myself. Oh, people say, oh, you, 
you get all that love and mercy stuff, people think you're just a little, uh, little soft. You just, you just soft, and you just, uh, you, know, you, you ain't got no backbone, and you're a coward. And you're listen. Jesus was meek and lowly, but He said, "All power in heaven and earth." You know what was powerful about Jesus? Mercy. You know what was powerful? The Bible says that with Him there is forgiveness of sins that He might be feared or revered. You know what? Why people? It ain't the fact that He can just. Cast me into to death if he wanted to. It's the fact that he had mercy on me when I was in a mess. It's the fact that he knew everything about my past and everything I had ever done. And he knew everything I would do afterwards. But he still said, here, son, here's the water. Here's the spirit. Let's wash it away. Let's get you adopted into the family. I'm glad that he had a little mercy in exchange for my mess today. I posted because this month, the month of January, is my anniversary date of coming into the church, January the 13th, 1993. And I've told this, I posted on that day every year. I just update the numbers and repost that same testimony. But basically, I found myself at the end, just like this woman did. A lot of people think, well, we don't find much at the end, but at the end is where you find Jesus. When you come to the end of your running, when you come to the end of your, your own lordship, hello, I'm going to rule my life. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. Hey, this is, this is the 20, you know, 2021. I'm going to do me. And Jesus is my sidekick. And he's, you know what? I don't want to offend nobody and make you mad, but I hope you don't ever walk in here with no Jesus is my homeboy T-shirt because <laughs> I'm going to make you go home and change I'm going to give you, I'll keep a spare shirt and I'll change it for you. Look, I, I know, and I know what people mean. Don't get me wrong, I think people are just trying to be malicious. But look, he's the Lord of glory. Yeah. And I don't want to lower him down to these, these earthly carnal nicknames. He's the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb. He washed my sin with his blood. <clears throat> so he's not my co pilot. He's not my homeboy, any of that stuff, man. He, nothing like that. He is my Lord. He is my God. He is my Savior. He is my healer. One day he's going to be my judge. I guarantee you, you won't walk up to the judgment seat and go, what's up, homeboy? Oh, my goodness. I didn't know you was going to be like all that today, Pastor. Well, come on. Sometimes we need, to, we need to hear what's right. We, listen, he's your hope. He's your help. And last time I heard, he said, whatever things you ask in my name, not in my nickname that you gave me. There's no other name whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. And thou shalt call him Jesus, for he shall save his people from his sins. Come on. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Not my homeboy. If you got that shirt or bumper sticker, I'm sorry. I love you, but I just want to help you with that. That's what a pastor does. That's, that's what the watchman on the wall does. He, see, he sees that. He just, hey, just no, I know you wouldn't try to be ugly if you've got that shirt or got that coffee mug or whatever it is you got it on. Just, just get rid of it. You'll be better. You'll be better. Get you one that says Jesus is Lord. That's better. Amen. Come on. I'll give him a hand. Give the Lord a hand. He's good. 
This has been the year that many times we would have to, within this year, a year's time, not just 2021, but that we have, I've made the statement more than I want, wanted to when we would have to cancel service. And I would have to say, well, we would rather err on the side of caution. And that's, that was true. I, I would. I didn't want anybody to get sick or, or, or anything to happen, so we would cancel service and do things and, until we just said, that's enough. But I want to apply that but change it and say, whenever you find somebody in their mess, why not err on the side of mercy? Why not just err on the side of mercy? Because, listen, when mercy speaks, it brings life. When mercy speaks, it brings hope. When mercy spring, speaks, it gives another opportunity. You know, they, they brought her there with rocks in their hands, ready to condemn her. They were there to accuse her, and they were ready to condemn her. They, they, they wanted her dead. They exposed her to Jesus, and then Jesus exposed them. You better be careful when you go around with rocks in your hands because Jesus will tell you something to make you drop it. Them guys wasn't happy when they left, and I don't know how many there was. Probably drew a crowd because everybody wanted to hear what he would say. And when they exposed her, a lot of people said they brought her. She didn't have no clothing on. I don't know that. Don't say that. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. I doubt it. They probably wrapped her up in something and, and drug her along. But, but I do know that when they exposed her sin, when they were quick to point out her sin, her fault, her mess, Jesus exposed theirs. Yeah. And guess who he didn't say, neither do I condemn you to. <laughs> Not that he did, but they didn't get another word from him. They just turned around and walked out. Woman, where are your accusers? You know, I don't want to be an accuser. I don't want to be an accuser because that's who our enemy is. Revelation 12 and 10 said that he is our enemy, the devil. He's an accuser of the brethren. But they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. He accused them in their sin, accused them unto death, accused them in their mess, but they overcame him. I'm telling you, you hear me today that you can overcome whatever you're going through, whatever you're fighting, whatever mess you've made, whatever. You know, no, you don't know it's too bad. It ain't so bad that Jesus can't fix it. It ain't so bad that Jesus can't forgive it. The hard part is for us to be like Jesus and us forgive it. Come on, I need to get a few more amens on that. We want to be like him. I don't want to be an accuser. I don't want to be... Well, I ain't going to accuse nobody, but I, you got to forgive. You got, I've got to forgive. you got to forgive. We've got to forgive if we're going to be like Jesus. Oh, I love it when mercy speaks. You know, the enemy, you got to be careful about addressing the Lord, about the Lord's people, because the Lord's going to say, man, you can try them because greater am I in them than you are in this world. There ain't nothing you can throw at them. He did that with Job. Come before the Lord, Lord, and said, "What about Job?" And He said all the things that Job would do, but Job didn't do it. God knew what Job would do. When mercy speaks, friend, He does expose some things. He exposes the enemy's plan. 
He speaks life. He speaks love. He speaks grace. He speaks correction. He offers goodness. He offers compassion. I want mercy for my mess. Oh, what a conversation. I wonder how quiet it was while those people walked out. I wonder what that woman thought when she heard his reply. Maybe she was waiting because, you know, there was one there that could have thrown a rock, the one without sin. If he had wanted to, he could have thrown the rock. He could have done that himself because he was the only one there without sin. If he had wanted to, he could have took us out. If he'd wanted to, he'd never had to offer us anything. He'd never had to offer us everlasting life. He, he never had to go and finish that work at the cross. He didn't have to do it, but that's how much he loves. And he, he didn't just love you to the cross. He loved you after the cross. Hello. Oh, we, we, think that, we think that repentance and salvation is a one-time thing and that if we mess up, that's the end. That's the end. It's over. We, we're like this woman waiting for the rocks to start hitting, but the one that could throw the rock, the one that could stone you is saying, where are your accusers? Neither do I condemn thee. He didn't say, but, and he also didn't say, but I condone thee. He said, neither do I condemn thee. Now go your way. Go, but sin no more. Let's not have this little incident again if we can help it. The man in the scripture wrote and said, I write unto you that you sin not. That's the best way to live if you can do it. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. We have mercy for our mess. Friend, I'm glad today that... uh, when he speaks, mercy speaks. There used to be an old song that said, Mercy rewrote my life. We used to sing it in the choir at Milston. Sammy Brewer used to sing it, I think. And um, that's, that's the truth. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. His mercy rewrote your life. The story was going to end. Her story was fixing to end one way. He rewrote the ending. All, all of our stories ended up in that same place with us standing before Jesus. And it may not have been adultery. Maybe it was lying. Maybe it was stealing. Maybe, maybe it was murder. I don't know what it was. Whatever it was, it was exposed, and he offered mercy. Neither do I condemn thee. And she went her way. He gave her a chance, another chance to do it better. The Bible says that his mercy is new every morning. If you go to bed and lay down that night and think, I really blew it today. If you're fortunate enough for your eyes to open the next day, mercy. A chance to do it better. Another chance to sin no more. Another chance to do what you're supposed to do. Another chance just to get it right. I'm so glad for the mercy that Jesus has for me. Aren't you thankful for his mercy this morning? Maybe you can come on up to the music. I'm getting ready to, I'm going to knock these last scriptures out quick so we can move toward the altar today. So this woman found herself at the end. 
I said this earlier, you know, she just, I'm sure. You just think if you lived in that day and those people snatched you up and were walking you down that road, picking up rocks as they went, you would have known what was about to happen. Why did I do that? I thought I was just living it up. I thought it was just going to be fun. thought it wouldn't really, but now here I am. This is where it's brought me. It's over. But then you find mercy. I want to tell you today that there's mercy for your mess. Jesus spoke a word, and that word stopped the stones. Saved her life. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, Come now and let us reason together. The Lord said, I want to talk. Let us reason, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Jesus can change completely. Can get it. He can get the stain out. Sometimes we can, you ever spilt, you got a favorite shirt and you spilled something on it, stain didn't come out, but you just can't bear to get rid of it. So you only wear it around the house. But it's still there. The reason you don't wear it out anymore is because the stain's still there. Yeah, it's, it's been washed over and over, but the, you can just see it. It's there. You know, that's what happens to people. They get stained and then they don't want to go out when nobody can see them no more. They've tried to fix it, tried to fix it, but just it, they know they haven't done a good job. They know that they can't do it, so they don't go out anymore. But he said, I can get it out. I can wash you white as snow. I can make your this red crimson look like wool. He can, you ever heard dyed in the wool? Well, he can get that out. In Romans 5, verses 6, verses 8, we find that when we were out without strength that Christ died for the ungodly and then God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners he died for us can you see that he's just trying to offer mercy today in the book of Ephesians and it, you don't even have to go This is uh, the Bible says while we were yet dead in our sins we were dead in our sins he died for us and he did that so that we could be saved by his grace and his mercy. I'm trying to just move along. First John 1 and 7, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, though, this is one of my favorite verses of Scripture, and it's not for the reason that people would think. People think that preachers love 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 so they can throw down on people. Oh, you just want to beat people up and, and point their faults out. No, I want to show you what he can do. He said, don't you know, this is just knowledge, don't you know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate abusers of themselves and mankind, not thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then he said, and such were some of you. When they found themselves in their mess, something happened. They were, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Man, this, man, this ain't a hammer. It's a peace offering. 
He's reminding somebody, look where God brought you from. And it's encouragement to anybody that finds themselves in any of those categories that, hey, there's help for me. I can find mercy in my mess. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ezekiel 36 and 36, he said, I, the Lord, build the ruined places, and I plant that that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it. That's power. I, the Lord, have spoken it and I will do it. If Jesus says it, he'll do it. It's forever settled. And that's why we can find hope in 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, thank God, to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm thankful today, and you can stand with me this morning, that the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us something. Teach us a lesson with your grace, God. That denying ungodliness and worldly lust that we should live soberly and righteous in this present time, this present world. Grace is a savior. Grace is a teacher. Grace will help. Not only, it'll not only save you, it'll help keep you saved. Not once saved, always saved. But by listening to the teacher. To deny ungodliness and worldly lust. And I want to tell you this morning, as we get ready to open these altars, that wherever you find yourself, whatever mess you're in, if you look up, you'll see Jesus. I'm sure as they walked that woman, she probably had her head down the whole way. Maybe when she got there, all she could see was the feet of Jesus, and then he stooped down. She was standing over him because he lifted himself back up where he could get on her level and said, neither do I condemn you. Go, sin no more. Whatever mess you find yourself in today, just lift up your eyes and there you'll find Jesus. Open up your ears and you'll hear mercy speak. While she's singing this morning, would you come find a place in this altar and pray today? Let the God of all mercy heal you today, help you today, touch you in this place today. God bless you.
Across the building. Let's sing it to the Lord. I need your mercy. We're going to need it. Worship the Lord. Pour your heart out to it. Maybe not today, but sometime you're going to find yourself standing in need of his mercy. I sure don't want to have to go looking for him. I'm so glad that he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm glad I'll take you with me wherever I go. I love the Lord. I love his mercy and grace today. 28 years, a little over 28 years now get sweeter as the old song said sweeter as the days go by just get sweeter I'm thankful for it you love the Lord this morning give him a hand clap and a shout hallelujah thankful for his mercy no service tomorrow night Wednesday night at 7 if you need to be dismissed you can be those that are praying continue to pray God bless you you're dismissed in Jesus name